Hi, everyone. Meet Ken. <laughs> Hello, everyone. <laughs> Ken is uh, he's a part of our sister church up in Great Falls. Corey Engel um, is the lead pastor of that church. He's also the overseer of all of our churches in Montana, North Dakota, Wyoming, and New Mexico. Um, and uh, so this whole kind of area here. Um, and uh, he's on staff as a resident there. He also um, works in the area of construction right now. And, uh, and so we want you to meet him. Gary and I had the opportunity to meet him back in late October at what we call our annual conference where churches get together. And, uh, and as soon as I met Ken, I'm just like, this is a quality guy. And, uh, and so I knew God was doing stuff in his life back then. He shared with me a little bit of his story. I started praying for him back then. And, um, and that led to some conversations um, just here in the last few months about, hey, um, God's doing stuff in his life. You're going to hear about that, how God's calling him into full-time ministry, full-time vocational ministry. You're full-time in ministry already. <laughs> now it's full-time vocational ministry. But, um, but before we dive into your testimony, tell us just a little bit about your family. Um, and uh, so he has some littles, and uh, so tell us about your family. Yeah, so my wife and I, we've been married this October will be 14 years, and she'll fact check me on that, but I'm pretty sure I'm right. Um, uh, so we got married at 19 um, in 2009, and uh, so then Kylie is our oldest, she's eight, and uh, our youngest is Anna, five. Um, Kylie is the one that lulled us into this false sense of confidence that we were good at parenting. <laughs> and then the second one came along, and we were like, we do not know what we're doing at all. She's like the full embodiment of every time my dad looked at me as a kid and said, I hope you have one just like you one day. <laughs> so my, my, I'm paying my dues, as he would say. Um, but they're, they're great kids, and she's an incredible woman, and I'm just fortunate to have all of them in my life. Um, as we get into the teenage years, I will need a lot of prayer with three women in my house and just one guy. So I did get a boy dog to kind of help <laughs> offset some of that. Um, but we'll see if that works out in my favor or not. <laughs> all right, Ken. And, um, and if I understand correctly, you started dating... Samantha. Yeah, so we started dating when we were 15. Right. So we've been a couple longer than we've uh, not been. So, yeah. yeah, that's crazy. Sweet, sweet. Hey, um, tell us a little bit about your growing up and how you came to Christ. Yeah, so I grew up in the church. My dad was a pastor. He actually was going to Bible school when I was born. So I was born in Lynchburg, Virginia, as he was attending Liberty University. Um, so all the years that I have any recollection of, um, he's been a full-time pastor. Um, and so I uh, just remember the church we were at in Virginia was a pretty large church just outside Washington, D.C., um, and he was the singles pastor, um, if that speaks to the size of the church. Like, he just oversaw the singles ministry. Um, and uh, it was just when the doors were open, we were there. Um, and so I was always kind of the inquisitive kid, the one that asked way too many questions. Um, and so at the age of five, I remember talking with my mom in the kitchen and, uh, she walked through and just answered a lot of my questions and ultimately decided to, uh, follow Jesus that day. Um, and I was, uh, baptized shortly after, and I was actually so small, I had to wear like a little floaty to keep me uh, buoyant in the water while I was getting baptized because the stool wasn't tall enough. Um, 
And uh, then not long after that, so at the age of seven, uh, my dad took a job as a senior pastor in Lewiston, Idaho, um, which he served as the senior pastor there um, until May of last year, so almost a year ago today. He retired from that church after 25 years of service. Um, and uh, yeah, so you know, voluntold for a lot of things, whether that was work projects at the church and missions projects and someone needs help here and um, just involved with ministry kind of um, as like just life happens. So I, you know, went through Awana, went through youth group and then started uh, leading worship. Uh, so when you're the pastor's son, you start playing guitar and someone actually hears you play. They're like, oh, you should lead worship. And so I started leading when I was like 14 years old, um, and they haven't kicked me off stage yet. So that's, I mean, good enough, I guess. Um, uh, in youth group, really felt the calling into ministry. Um, so probably my sophomore, junior year. So I, I went, I graduated high school, and I went to Liberty University. And I did that for, I was there on campus for a semester. I did a year and a half of school there. Um, and ultimately, it was just, it was really expensive to go. Um, for a four-year degree, it was going to end up costing like $120,000. Um, and my dad and I were just like, I don't think that that's reasonable, um, especially going in and probably being a you know, youth pastor or an associate pastor or any pastor uh, to take on that amount of debt. And uh, I really felt like that was a shut door yeah. to the call on ministry. Um, because I had determined that if it was going to happen, then it was just going to happen a certain way, and it was going to look a certain way. And so I kind of ran away from that calling in my life. I never ran away from the church, but I just said, well, I guess I'm not supposed to be in full-time ministry. I'm supposed to do something else. So a uh, lot of life happened, uh, uh, some crazy things. I ended up playing golf uh, for college down in Arizona, and then... Um, Life happened again and ended up playing golf and at a state school in Idaho. Um, so I finished my bachelor's, uh, by the grace of God, um, two kids later. Um, <laughs> finally got that done. Uh, started working for a company called North 40 Outfitters. And, uh, that is ultimately what moved us to Great Falls in 2019. Um, and I got, uh, I took over a job in their corporate office. I was running a division of marketing for them. So I oversaw all all sorts of nonsense that's not really that important. But um, as I was doing that, I was going through James and just really kind of wrestling with um, the idea of if my words were taken out of the equation, does my life reflect my faith in who I say I believe in, in, in God? And, uh, and ultimately, God kind of hit me right there and said, You've been running away for 13 years, and that's long enough. It's time to go back to what I called you to do. So uh, I quit my job, which maybe wasn't the smartest decision. Um, but I knew that's what I needed to do. Um, and God's provided for us, and, and we've stayed. We, we, we're, we're doing just fine. But, yeah, it's uh, been a whirlwind of just kind of going, okay, God, you lead, I follow, and uh, we'll see where that takes us. Yeah. And how did Samantha handle that transition period of time uh, when you're all of a sudden like, I need to be doing something else? Mm, she said it was about time. Um, <laughs> so she's like, we've known each other since the sixth grade. Um, 
So she went through all the early stuff with me, and she went through with me in the time of kind of wandering. And so, yeah, for her, it was very much a, yeah, it's about time that you figured it out. And that was kind of the census from a couple of people that knew me pretty well. Um, so, yeah, it's been real encouraging. Yeah, yeah. And, um, like, what what's your role at Harvest Springs right now? What are the kinds of things that you're doing? Oh, man. Uh, Other so, than everything. <laughs> right. <laughs> Whatever the pastors don't want to do. Um, <laughs> Welcome home. Welcome right, to yeah. Big Timber. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> um, so currently I, uh, I uh, help out on the worship team. I lead one of the teams. We have two teams that rotate. So every other week I lead a team. Um, and then I also oversee the youth group. So I've been uh, teaching with them, and then I, I, I slotted and do a little bit of preaching as well. So, All right. Sounds good. I guess this is in this whole process where you've been kind of just trying to discern what the Lord's saying and all of that kind of stuff is, is, I guess, how, how has Scripture been speaking to you? And kind of what are those, say, those um, those um, parts of Scripture that are just encouraging you or have encouraged you throughout life? Hmm. Um, my favorite verse for a long time has been Isaiah uh, 40, verses 30 and 31. You know, rise up on the wings of eagles, run and not grow weary. Um, and after having kids, that was really like a heartbeat of mine. It's like, man, I am not doing this on my own strength. Uh, and then even today, like it's been a lot of relying on the one who can provide strength for me and not on myself. Um, in James one, when he says, you know, pray for wisdom, believing wholeheartedly that God is faithful and is going to provide that wisdom. Like, um, am I praying and believing that God's going to do something or am I just going through the motions and living in the tradition of religion? Or do I see this God as like, holy smokes, the creator of the universe wants me to talk to him on a regular basis and he wants to give good things to me. And, and, uh, you know, so challenging myself every day to do that. Um, you know, in Matthew and in Luke, they both quote Jesus when he says, if anyone wants to come follow me, let him pick up his cross. But I love Luke that he takes the time, the, uh, in chapter nine, I think it's verse 23, he says, pick up your cross daily, which is a really good reminder for me because, uh, I have to remind myself every single day to do a lot of things. And, and my wife is a gift from God to remind me daily to do a lot of things. Um, uh, but it is an everyday decision. Um, it's not like you make the choice one time and all of a sudden you've got it all figured out. It's waking up every single day and saying, okay, God, today I have to choose to give this day to you. Um, and then kind of the beginning of this year, um, the staff at Harvest had a meeting. And we were just kind of going over and sharing with one another where we felt God was trying to teach us this year. And what really stood out for me was Psalm 139. Um, you have searched me and known me. Where can I go to hide from your presence? Um, and he says later on, he writes that you've stitched together all of my days, right? You, you've, you know exactly what I've done and what I'm going to do. Um, and he still loves me. Uh, and I'm just trying to learn to see myself the way he sees me. You know, I think as a, as a guy that does a lot of hunting, uh, you know, you I watch a lot of deer. Don't kill a ton of deer, but I watch a lot of them. <laughs> um, 
He never wants to see that deer acting like it's not a deer. And I, and I just kind of got hit by this idea of like that deer spends zero days going, oh, I wish I was a woodpecker. Like, <laughs> like it's, not, it's not having that question. It's not wondering that. And, and, and when it says in the Bible that the rocks and the hills and all of creation will cry out and worship the Lord, they're doing that by just being exactly what God created them to be. And how many days do I try and take what God created me to be and change it into something different? Um, how many times do I wish it was something other than what he made? Yeah. And so I'm trying to go, okay, God, you did something great. Yeah. And it's okay for me to see it that way and just embrace that. Yeah, good, good. Thanks, Ken. And kind of what's, what's your heartbeat when it comes to ministry these days, how he's working in the ministries that you're doing? And also just a little bit about what you're seeing in coming months, coming years. Oh, man. That's a lot of, that's, that's a big question. Well, break it down to whatever you want. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's good. Um, for me, ministry has always been uh, relationships. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's buy-in. It's time spent. Um, and so for me, that's kind of been what I, what I try and do is taking that time to, to spend with people, to walk through life with people. Um, and that's where I feel like he's gifted me um, and challenged me to just be more present for people and, and knowing that I can't do it for everyone. So discipling uh, others to do the same, um, it's really what we're called to do. Um, you know, I love music. Um, uh, and, and some people have said I'm talented at it. Uh, I hate hearing myself sing and play, but um, like I said, they haven't kicked me off yet. So they're either really nice and deaf or <laughs> it's all right. So um, I, I still enjoy it, um, uh, you know, but it's ultimately just the, the time and the people that I spend with on that team and building those relationships that make it special for me. Um, uh you know, where I see kind of going forward, um, yeah, I've really wrestled with a lot of things, especially growing up in the church. Um, wrestling with this idea of a lot of times, you, you just watch a lot of divisiveness show up in the church. A lot of divisiveness, whether it's we should have pews, we should have this color carpet, we should have this brand of coffee, um, my first time being in a business meeting, my wife and I were so excited. We were adults. We got to sit in at a business meeting at the church, and they spent 20 minutes arguing about the brand of coffee in the fellowship hall. And I was like, I am not as excited to be a member as I was 20 minutes ago. Like, <laughs> this is weird. This seems like not something we should argue about. Um, you know, and you just see that. And what I've really kind of come to realize is that I think there's a there is a real struggle of identifying whether or not we're in love with Jesus or we're in love with our tradition. Yeah. Um, and, and really striving to go, if we love God, this is what it's going to look like. Yeah. You know, in John chapter 17, he writes in verse 3 that to, this is eternal life, yeah. to know God and Jesus Christ whom he sent. And it's like, am I spending every day trying to know him? And if I know him, right, in 1 John chapter 2, it says, if anyone claims to know me but does not love their brother, there is no knowledge of me in him. And it's like we spend so much time fighting over our pre preferences, 
I like this type of music. I like this type of music. I, uh, I prefer this version of the Bible. I prefer this one, you know, and, and you almost feel like that sense of when Paul's writing to the church and he's like, you know, some of you claim Apollos and some of you claim Barnabas and others are like, well, we like, you know, we claim Jesus and as, you know, and, and you're just kind of like, okay, guys, we're, we're missing the point. This isn't a, and so as I've just feel God leading me, I was like, of course, you're, making it clear that I need to be called to the church, and then you're telling me I kind of need to shake things up a little bit. That's, that's comfortable. Um, so, uh, but it's, I, I just really feel strongly that that's what God's been speaking to me, is that sense of, are we truly seeking to see the church as one big church and not just my favorite building to visit on Sunday? Um, and how do, we, how do we live that out yeah. seven days a week instead yeah. of just on Sunday? Good, good. You're getting the opportunity to lead the youth group um, at Harvest Springs, and and that's a part of the position here. Is is what's your desire, your heartbeat for young people? <sighs> um, to move away from texting. I hate. To- <laughs> <laughs> Every time my wife can tell when I'm done texting because I move from one word answers to one letter answers. <laughs> Just K um, or, and yeah, no, but in all seriousness, uh, ownership, uh, ownership of their own faith. Um, I think there's a lot of struggle. You still see the statistic that 80% of kids that graduate high school don't come back to church until typically a pretty strong hiatus. And it's when they have kids of their own that some of them feel like they need to bring them back to church. Um. But ultimately, there's a sense of like, I think that happens because their faith was not their faith. It was mom and dad's faith. Yeah. And so they just uh, were obliging their mom and dad and trying to be obedient. But then in that seeking of trying to figure it out for themselves. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of one of those things is like, how do we equip anyone? I mean, yeah. youth, uh, but anybody to really wrestle with is this my faith. And if it is my faith, what does that look like? You know, do I, uh, is what I say lining up with what I do? Um, and, and really taking that to heart. Um, so good, good. Um, so Ken and Samantha, they're in this discernment process right now of just wanting to know, God, what do you want and where do you want us? And, uh, and he was already talking to other churches before, um, we started um, talking, but, we started this conversation maybe six, eight weeks ago, something like that. And we've had a number of conversations. He's talked to our elder team. And, uh, and so as an elder team, one of the things we said is, is we're not going to pray for a specific person. We're going to pray that God brings who he wants here. And that he just, we want the body of Christ to thrive everywhere where it's at. And at the same time, we really like Ken and Samantha and the kids. And so we want to pray, Lord, would you just show us? Would you show us what you have for us? And so we've, we enjoy the vulnerability that you show of letting us throw you up on a stage. And, <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, and we want to be praying for you. I want for all of us to be praying for you. We want the body of Christ to thrive. That takes harvesters. And uh, Scripture tells us this is pray to the Lord of the harvest for harvesters, mm-hmm. um, people who will work in the field of ministry, and they'll bring in God's harvest. 
And we need to pray for that for us and for the whole church. The church across the United States is looking for ministers. It's actually harder to find ministers right now. And, uh, and so we want to pray that the Lord of the harvest would send harvesters. We want to pray for discernment um, for us and for Ken and Samantha and their kids. Um, and then what else can we pray specifically for you right now and for your family as you're in this discernment process? Hmm. You know, really just kind of peace and confidence. The, 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 the peace to know that where he's going to lead, he's, he's going he's, he's gonna to show us. Um, he's going to be faithful. He's not going to try and hide that calling from us and, and like, you know, halfway down the road, be like, oh, psych, I called you somewhere else. Um, that's not how he operates. And so just living in that trust uh, and for, and then also just the courageousness to whatever that step that he's asking us to, that we're not looking at it through selfish motives. But when I have to give an account in front of him one day that I can say, this is where I went because that's where you told me to go. Yeah. Um, and so just trying to make sure that, that that's what we're doing as a family. Yeah. Well, we want to pray that with you. And we really do appreciate um, you coming in this direction and spending time with us. And, and so we're praying for you. We're praying for discernment um, for us. We're praying for the whole kingdom of God, the, the body of Christ. And, um, and that, um, that the Lord will just really lead all of us. And uh, I want to invite any of the elder team um, that's here. Is, is I want to invite the elder team to come up. And, and Gary, I'm going to have Gary pray uh, for you and, um, and for Samantha and for your kids. Um, and, uh, but uh, this is the elder team of the churches. Is, this is, we've been praying um, for a long time, but we want to lay hands on you. Um, we want to... Um, we want to pray for you and, uh, and then also just pray over our church. And so, Gary, I'm going to go ahead and have you lead us, and we're just going to agree with you. Okay, Gary? <laughs> so That sounds good. They're going to agree with me for once. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Lord, uh, we're just thankful for the privilege. And there's a lot of things that stand out to me here. And, Lord, that, yeah. um, you have not called us to mediocrity. Yeah. You've called us to a, a high calling in Christ. Yeah. And so uh, um, as I look and have heard these things, Lord, and have heard what his, Ken's testimony, an awesome yeah. testimony of, yeah. of a God that loves us, a God that loves him and yeah. is directing his steps. Lord, you uh, know the end yeah. from the beginning. And so, Lord, we know that you've ordained all things uh, for your glory and for your purposes. Yeah. And so I pray, Lord, that you would um, just guide Ken and his family. Lord, let him have the peace yeah. and understanding and confidence and the courage yeah. to step into the calling that you have on his life. Yeah. We pray that you would be glorified in it. That his family yeah. would just sense your spirit working in his life with power. Yeah. And Lord, yeah. that at the same time, we, we are looking for someone, a man to fill this position yeah. in our church. And Lord, we know you have that already planned out. You already yeah. know who it will be. And we'll yeah. trust you with it, Lord. We'll trust yeah. you no matter how you guide and direct. Because yeah. you have ordained it. You are sovereign over all these things. And so we praise your name. We praise the name of Jesus and just ask that you would guide us by the power of your spirit, that we'd be courageous followers, not yes, mediocre Lord. followers, yes, Lord. but courageous followers for the gospel and for yeah. the goal of building your kingdom as you work through us all. Yes, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.